HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. Today's program was brought to you by Whole Foods Market. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. Welcome to Let's Get Real on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Erica Wides, your host. Okay, pop quiz, here we go. Ready? Get your pencils. What do Lance Armstrong, Olive Oil, the food, not Popeye's wife, John Edwards, Tofu, Margarine, Elliot Spitzer, Barry Bonds, and Sardines all have in common? Think about it. Take a minute to ponder your answers. Time's up. Anything? No? Well, they're all, like, they're all icons. They're like people or food that have been held up as paradigms of good and healthy or powerful in their times, unquestioningly. And yet now, not so much. The people, of course, that I mentioned are, are only human. I mean, and really, seriously, humans, we're, we're a lousy bunch. I mean, look at John Edwards, right? He, he didn't really need, like, a sick, dying wife slowing him down during his march toward the presidency. He had a presidency to win. He wanted to be in the highest office. And, you know, the sick, dying wife was just kind of this bummer of an albatross hanging around his neck. And maybe he was kind of looking for a little bit of Bill Clinton-esque dalliance on the side while he waited out her demise. Right? Or Elliot Spitzer. I mean, he, he was just doing research. That's what I think. It was research related to his, his quest, his mission to clean up the organized crime prostitution rings here in our great state. Right? Or Lance Armstrong. I mean, he probably would have won the Tour de France again anyway, even without the doping. So why hold it against him or Floyd Landis for that part? I mean, anything to beat those French bastards in the Tour de France, right? Or Barry Bonds. Maybe he just need a little push. 
just a little push to get him those career-defining hits or games or whatever it was, to make him seem like a superhero and not let down the millions of little boys who relied on him for lessons in sportsmanship and integrity. I mean, what's a little bit of steroid now and then? I mean, I got really bad poison ivy a couple of years ago, and they put me on steroids, so what's the big deal? I mean, at least maybe the, you know, those guys weren't so itchy in their baseball uniforms, right? I mean, like I said, you know, they're, they're only human. Like us, they're fallible, imperfect, weak. I mean, we can't help it. We're just people cheating, whoring around, steroid shooting, philandering, stealing, lying, win at any cost, people. And I mean, really, where would politics or Hollywood or sports or the media be without any of those qualities that we have? So then let's look at the other stuff, the foods that I mentioned. Remember, we're talking about what all these things have in common. The foods that I mentioned, along with Barry and Elliot and... Lance, those foods are all also held up or have been at times held up as paradigms like John and Lance and Barry. Superfoods, superfoods, super, super duper foods. Eat these five things for maximum health. Ancient Amazon rainforest secret superfoods. Ancient Mediterranean Greek gods superfoods. Ancient Japanese perfect protein. Why they don't get fat and we do superfoods. Go superfoods. The tiny oily fish that I keep telling you to eat. Superfoods. Except for margarine, of course, which you'd think we would have learned a valuable lesson already from that one, that you can't actually manufacture a fat and call it a food. I only included margarine because at one point it actually was so revered for so many decades as a superfoodiness of healthiness. Margarine, actually come to think of it, may have been the first foodiness food. I actually, I think I may need to do a show about that one. Would somebody tweet me about that so I don't forget about it? So wait a minute, you're saying, that's what you're saying now to me. Wait a minute, Erica. Olive oil is bad? Blueberries? Soy milk and tofu? Sardines? Now this is where you would hear the turntable needle screeching to a halt on the record if you were old enough to even understand that reference of what a record was or what that sound actually was. How about more like car brakes screeching to a halt? That's more, more age universal. So anyway, you know what? Some superfoods, uh, not so super. In fact, some of the ones we so blindly and brazenly and proudly consume, thinking we are so healthy and so Smug and so above the cupcake eaters and big gulping potato people who shop at 7-Eleven. Some of them may not only be not so good for us, but maybe actually kind of bad for us. If we're not careful about our buying and our shopping or who we listen to or who's producing them. Like the sacrosanct olive oil or those godlike blueberries or the like nearly mythical status of tofu and soy milk or the personal mini objects of my worship, the little teeny sardinis. All of them defamed, damaged, defrocked, maligned by corruption and abuse scandals and shady business interests or shaky research like a bunch of Catholic priests or Hasidic rabbis. Suddenly, their word isn't so powerful anymore. Hey, maybe you're not actually speaking for God. 
it turns out. Maybe you're just a bunch of men in floor-length dresses or fur hats and overcoats in the summer wearing lots of ornate jewelry or very complicated hairstyles and accessories and wanting to spend all your time around boys. Just saying. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting totally off topic here, but... Yes, people, here we go again. Now, you remember my recent episode, Ignorance is Bliss Until You Get Diabetes? Well, seriously, I don't know what to do anymore about this. The foods that even I held up as sacrosanct, perfect, infallible, mythologically health-giving foods are maybe more just a lot more like John Edwards and a lot less like Barack Obama. Because although I'm disappointed in him, I still think he's totally awesome. And as I say, at least he's black and a socialist, and that's progress. So anyway, the point is that I give up. I mentioned this a few weeks ago. I give up. I actually ate a chicken hot dog yesterday. I know, Memorial Day. I ate a chicken hot dog. I mean, talk about superfood foodiness. Now, it's not as bad as a tofu hot dog, but it was just as spongy and gross and fakey and weird. The the experience of it was like, not so much like eating a hot dog, but it was like the Beatlemania of hot dogs. If you remember the sound of a record needle scratching, you might remember Beatlemania too. Sort of like how I imagined like having sex with Mitt Romney would be like, although I can't even really imagine that. It actually makes me a little bit queasy. I guess that's what ignorance tastes like if you're not actually ignorant. So what I was trying to say in that episode about ignorance is bliss is that food has become so effed up by foodiness manufacturing that the more you know, the more paralyzed you can feel when you begin to realize that there's almost no right choices to make. So at one level, just eating a strawberry and not a strawberry flavored breakfast bar is huge progress on another level finding out that that strawberry is toxic because of the pesticides on it can be totally paralyzing the point is that getting real does have a curve remember the curve grading on a curve the bell curve remember that and like ignorance is bliss until you get diabetes this episode today needs to be like an advanced class this is like the ap section class to follow up on that show. Did you take AP classes? I was supposed to take AP classes, but then I smoked too much pot and I didn't get into them. And I still regret that. Don't learn from my mistakes. Or yes, learn from my mistakes. It's like if we were trying to get into an Ivy League college versus a state school and we needed to kind of punch up our applications a little bit. And speaking of that, by the way, nobody did their book report on Wally. I'm just saying Nobody. So you're all getting an F for the last month and you will all be sorry, mister. It's going on your permanent Let's Get Real record and will hurt your chances of ever coming to work on Let's Get Real, the TV show. Just saying. I know it looks bad, but it's for your own good. You're only hurting yourselves and you only have yourselves to blame. Or you can blame Chris, my co-producer, because the book report was his idea. Anyway, since now that this is an advanced show, I need to sound the complexity alarm. Ding. There it is. When you hear that sound, ding. It's subtle. You have to listen for it. That's when things are going to get complex and you need to focus. Okay? It's like Pavlov and the dogs. Focus on the sound. Now, this stuff is hard even for me. And I'm supposed to know all about it. It's what I do. But I still read and watch and listen to all the noise out there. All the 
nutritionists and food writers and internet clowns and charlatans who post articles every day like eat these top five foods for super immunity or 10 best foods for super pooping things like that i can't help it i'm always reading those i'm always researching i need to know so that i can then tell you you busy people who are working and living and exercising and texting and tweeting and drinking cocktails you need to know but you don't really want to do the work so that's where i come in and if i am confused like sophia in the color purple after she got out of jail and her face was all saggy and her eyes were all askew, but she was secretly hoping she was getting an Oscar, then I can't imagine what all you normal mortals are feeling. You're probably going to feel a bit like I feel, which is not so super about superfoods. In fact, the EU is banning the term superfood from food packaging. Well, we, meaning the USDA, are probably working with ConAgra and General Foods and Kraft to grant them all exclusive use of it so that they can sell super foodiness, crunch berry, rainforest, flaxseed, chia bars. And we will all buy them. But it's not the foods themselves, necessarily. The foods themselves are pretty super. They didn't hurt anybody. They're still good. It's what's been done to them. Now, I don't know if you watched the Super Friends growing up or Seinfeld in the 80s, which referenced the Super Friends, but... Superman had an evil doppelganger named Bizarro. He was like Superman, only distorted. He was the anti-Superman. He had all the power, but he only used his power for bad. He also had really bad English, like worse than your average tweet bad English. Now, superfoods are sort of like Bizarro Superman. On Seinfeld, they had Bizarro World, where everything was backwards. But still, you don't know how to feel, right? Right. Well, let me tell you what you're feeling and what to think. Okay. I don't claim to speak for God like some people. I just have a really good research team who tell me what to say like some other people. (coughs) Romney. (coughs) Reagan. (coughs) So let's start this AP class for advanced paralysis class with everything you'll wish you didn't know about olive oil by the end of the show. Okay. So in 2007... The New Yorker magazine, which you really should read. Don't worry. It's just like people or us, but with better pictures. The New Yorker magazine did a very, very long, it is the New Yorker, they expect people to read, article on olive oil and how fucked up and corrupt the olive oil business actually is. Basically, they said that most of the olive oil that is imported from Italy, Greece, and Spain, but especially Italy, isn't necessarily real or pure or even olive oil, but a mix of inferior oils from Spain and Greece and Turkey mixed with refined vegetable oils, industrial oils, and oil made from rotten olives, also known as a lamp oil, colored with chlorophyll and beta beta carotene, and then labeled as product of Italy and sold back to us gullible Americans at a premium price. Did you know that in the last decade in the U.S., the imports of and consumption of extra virgin olive oil has increased 100%. increase in consumption. And you know what? Most of it's fake. In 1997 to 1998, olive oil was the most adulterated agricultural product in the European Union prompting the EU's anti-fraud office to establish an olive oil task force. 
profits were comparable to cocaine trafficking with none of the risks, one investigator said, and better parties, I'd add. Yet fraud remains an international major problem. Olive oil is far more valuable than most other vegetable oils, but it's costly and time-producing to, oops, sorry, time-consuming to produce in high quality and surprisingly easy to doctor. Adulteration is especially common in Italy, the world's leading importer, consumer, and exporter of olive oil. Now, for the past 10 years, Spain has produced more oil than Italy, but much of it is shipped to Italy for packaging and is sold legally then as Italian oil. Now, the article states, Italian extra virgin olive oil has become so lucrative that adulterated olive oil has become the biggest source of agricultural fraud problems in the EU. I already said that. Some oil labeled extra virgin is diluted with cheaper olive oils or other vegetable oils. In some cases, lampante or lamp oil, which is made from spoiled olives fallen from trees, is used even though it can't legally be sold as food. One fraud ring is accused of coloring low-grade soy oil and canola oil with industrial chlorophyll and flavoring it with beta-carotene. From the sound of things, it seems like you'd be better off snorting Coke than pouring superfood extra virgin olive oil on your local seasonal asparagus. You could just be sure it wasn't cut with chlorophyll, maybe just crystal or baking soda. Anyway, the article goes on to say that in Puglia, Puglia, which is in southern Italy, which produces about 40% of Italy's olives, growers have been in a near constant state of crisis for more than a decade. Thousands of olive oil producers are victims of this drugged market. Antonio Barile, the president of the Puglia chapter of a major farmer's union, told me, referring to illegal importations of seed oils and cheap olive oil from outside the EU, which undercut local farmers. Blah, blah, blah. You get the picture here, right? They don't support small farmers. The Italian government supports the big monopolies. It hasn't implemented a national plan. It's totally corrupt. You get the picture, right? In 2000, the European Court of Auditors reported that Italy was responsible for 87% of misappropriated EU subsidies to olive oil bottlers. I don't have to go on. You get it. Can you believe this? Like, seriously, in the country that Berlusconi was running, that this would happen? Hard to believe. Now, apparently, this has been going on since ancient times, but in ancient times, there were actually much more complex and effective methods of detecting the impure oil than the modern corruption-riddled Italy has in place today. Now, one answer to this, of course, is if you want olive oil, to buy American. I mean, there isn't much American we can buy anymore. Not cars, of course, but what about olive oil? I mean, look at California. They produce a ton of great olive oil, and we know that corruption is not tolerated in the state of the former governor. Adultery, yes. Adulterated olive oil? Probably not, but who knows for sure. So, dudes, I seriously do not know what to tell you about this one. I personally usually buy Fairway Markets House Olive Oil. And since they are a big sponsor of Heritage Radio Network, I'm not afraid to say that. And I'm going to assume that what Fairway is selling me is actually clean, nice, pure, extra virgin, real olive oil. In this case, I have to put my head in the ground in a hole that I have dug next to the foodiness rabbit hole, which I'm going to call the ignorance is bliss commemorative denial hole. Or I'm going to buy some Californian olive oil or maybe go to Italy and meet someone who has olive trees and buy some oil off of them as soon as they press it. Or maybe I'll build a time machine and I'll go back to pre-industrialized Europe and see 
if I can trade information about the future with somebody for some pure, unadulterated olive oil. I mean, I'm sure they would want to know about Mussolini and Berlusconi and Donatella Versace so that they can make other plans for their future. Other than that, I don't know what to tell you. Sorry, even I don't always have the answers. Unless it relates to a sponsor, then I've always got the answers. So now that I've shattered your extra virgin olive oil fantasy land and then tried to abdicate responsibility for it, let me at least make some kind of effort to help you get real about it. That's what I'm here for. Now, if you want to make an effort to get olive oil that is less effed with, start with the bottle. Make sure you get one in a glass bottle, not plastic, and make sure it's darkly tinted glass. Oils are super susceptible to rancidity and oxidation, and light is the enemy. Also, oxygen causes oxidizing, and glass is less breathable than plastic. And then keep your olive oil in a cool, dark place and use it. It's a food. It needs to be consumed. So keep it cool and dark. Don't keep it near your hot stove and use it up, like within two months of buying it. And the third thing I can tell you is you got to spend some coin to get some good oil. Real olive oil that's not cut with lamp oil and soybean oil is going to cost you more. Quality costs, just ask Elliot Spitzer. Those hookers were like $1,200 a night. But unfortunately, with olive oil, high price doesn't always guarantee high quality. So you got to ask questions. Do some research. Buy from smaller producers. I don't know what to do. Don't buy at the supermarket. And don't cheap out. I mean, think about how much you probably spend every day on a latte or on your cable bill or on your secret online gambling or porn addiction that gets you through your long days at the office. Isn't real olive oil worth more to you than all of that? And that is if you can get the real olive oil, which I'm not even sure is possible. I mean, maybe we could get an olive oil sponsor for the show and then I'll have an answer for you. Anyway, on to the next superfood you can't trust after a very brief message. We'll be right back. At Whole Foods Market, we review each and every product that hits our shelves. Our cleaning products are no exception. Our EcoScale ranking system rates each household cleaner so you know what you're getting. Now, during Earth Month and any time of the year, learn more at WholeFoodsMarket.com. Welcome back to Let's Get Real on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Erica Wides, your host. Remember that if you're a fan of Let's Get Real or any other Heritage Radio Network show, you can always find us all on HeritageRadioNetwork.org because now we are a .org. Now we're a nonprofit. All the shows are there. They're all archived. They also all stream live 24 hours a day. You can find them all on iTunes also. And you can go to letsgetrealshow.com and listen to any of my shows. You can watch the video of the Let's Get Real TV show pilot that I'm hoping to turn into a real TV show. You can find me on Facebook at Let's Get Real. And you can follow me on Twitter at Let's Get Real Show or Let's Get Real. I can't remember, but you'll find me. Anyway, superfoods that are not so super. The next one, please. Complexity alert. Ding. Blueberries. Mm-hmm. Yes, the superfoodiest berry of the fruit world is going down tonight in real time. Of course, real un-effed with blueberries are totally fine. They're great. They're tasty. They're nutritious. They're perfect. But that whole antioxidant craze... 
all fruits and vegetables contain antioxidants. And although they seem to be useful to us from what we can tell in test tubes, most of what you actually consume in them isn't absorbed by your body. You put an antioxidant in a test tube with a cancer cell and it attacks the cancer cell. You put a blueberry in your body. We don't really know. Maybe you absorb a little. Mostly you just pee the rest of it away. So that small fortune that you're paying for those out-of-season berries or those goji or acai or any of that stuff, you could just be peeing it all away, people. You could just eat a beet or a red grape or some watermelon and get the same benefits. Not as cool, not as hip, not as top five superfood listy, but of course, much cheaper and much more available. Now, I've never seen like beet flavored power water superfood bars sold anywhere, but it could happen. I mean, if I have my way, everything would be beet flavored. But that's not the real problem with blueberries, of course. The real problem is that the skin on blueberries is very, very thin, very thin skinned, like me, very thin skinned, which means... That if they're not farmed organically or just picked in the wild in the actual woods, they've gotten themselves a heavy, heavy dose of pesticides. And all the antioxidants in the world can't cancel those out. And you got to remember, too, with all this stuff that the research that is so positive and so favorable about those berries is so often funded by the berry producers or the marketers. And it's so easy for research to be skewed to favor them. I mean, have you been following the news about the palm scandal lately? You know, palm, the pomegranate juice. It turns out that all those health claims for pomegranate juice were very conveniently doctored to favor the producers who paid for the studies, of course. And you know, juice is full of sugar and can make you just as fat as soda. So you're really better off actually just eating the fruit itself and not the juice. And it's cheaper... And then you can take all that money that you save and put it into buying your real olive oil because you're going to need it for that. Okay, now let's move on. It's getting late. To a contemporary super icon of superfood liberal elite diets, soy milk and tofu, the foods that separate us from them. Or so you think. So what's so bad about soy? Now, I've talked about this one before. I am totally anti soy, in case you haven't noticed, with the exception of fermented soy products. I love soy sauce, miso, totally fine, except for natto, which is a Japanese soy food that is so truly repulsive, it tastes like snot and dirt all rolled into one. I'm sorry, Japanese people, I can't eat it. Fermented soy products are okay as long as the soybeans aren't GMO, but you can't tell that unless you read and it's organic and it's labeled and That's a whole other story. So, unfermented soy, what's the problem? Well, how about goitrogens, protease inhibitors, phytoestrogens? Yay, I heart man boobs. I love emasculation. Too much aluminum, manganese, and let's not forget about the unusable vitamin B12 in soy that actually makes the body need more B12, the increase in the body's need for vitamin D, and phytic acid, which reduces the body's use of calcium, magnesium, zinc, and other minerals. The soy products in your supermarket are rife with these problem constituents. And there you were feeling so superior to lowly cow's milk drinkers. I'm not saying you aren't superior. If you're listening to get, get, Let's Get Real, you're sure to be an elite. But it isn't because you drink soy. It's because you watch Mad Men and Breaking Bad. The problem is that to be good, healthy, usable food, soy has to be properly fermented to neutralize that list of toxins mentioned above. And soy milk and tofu and tofurkey and soy burgers and tofu hot dogs and textured vegetable protein and chips are not fermented 
products and neither are any of the other products you see sold to vegans and vegetarians and other extremists. The only soy products traditionally consumed in the Asian diet, because you always say, well, what about all the Asians? They eat it. Were miso, fermented, tempeh, natto, soy sauce, fermented, and a little tofu. The people eating all the soy in America are not likely eating miso and tempeh and natto predominantly. They're drinking soy lattes and flavored GMO soy milk in their goji berry omega crunch cereal. Oh, and also, eating soy can slash men's sperm count. Men who eat just a half a serving of soy foods a day have drastically fewer sperm than those who don't consume such foods. Think about that. I can't tell you how many misguided people I see every day drinking their soy chai latte and eating their soy yogurt. Do you not get it, people? Just eat real food, real milk, real yogurt. Organic if you can, but otherwise still better than industrial soy products. So another food, another superfood pillar has gone down. And now you're staring at the last one and the ceiling is starting to crack. And you're wondering if maybe it's safer down in the foodiness rabbit hole. Down there with morbidly obese Alice, happily living in ignorance on her omega-3 enhanced chocolate chip cookies and her whole grain cereal that tastes like cupcakes. Well, you may be right. Because what's next? Oh, yeah. My beloved little fishies. The sardines. My former BFF's best friend fish. From just three weeks ago. On you are what your fish ate. Now, how many times... If you've been listening to me all these years, have you heard me say to eat the little fish, the sardines, the anchovies, the herring? Too many, it turns out, because now those guys are getting seriously overfished and threatened, and I think it might be my fault. It's not just you or me eating a can here and there or a few pieces of herring. It's the massive catches of them being used to create feed for farm fish and for livestock, and it's wiping them out too quickly, which makes me seriously insane and almost violently angry because I love them, and I was there for those fish back when they were looked down upon by the misguided rare tuna steak eaters and the swordfish swallowers and the farmed salmon gorgers. They all said, oh, those smelly, oily little fish, why eat them? We have these big slabs of rich, oily top feeders. This is America. We have big fish and big cars. And this tuna steak is the Cadillac Escalade of fish. And we're going to serve it in the backyard of our house that cost $1 million. But we only make 50000 a year. And the bank gave us a mortgage for it. Can you believe that? So we can eat our big blocks of tuna and drive our big SUV and live in our big house forever in an infinite and endless American supersized dream that will never end. This is the promise that Ronald Reagan made to us all those years ago, and it's coming true. Big fish forever. So cue that record needle again, or the the record needle sound effect again. Now we can't eat the little guys either. I told you three weeks ago to eat them. I'm not saying I was wrong. It really depends on what your definition of to eat them is. You know you don't have to be a president being grilled by a prosecutor to play fast and loose with English or with interns. You can just be the little old host of a heritage radio show about real food who ambitions to be the Jon Stewart of food and who will do anything to get there, including admit when she was in fact wrong but only if it helps with the ratings. At least I can still eat my Atlantic mackerel, my favorite fish, but don't tell anyone because then everyone will start eating it and you'll ruin it for me all over again. 
So here you are in your small homes, driving your efficient cars, maybe a hybrid, taking out your recycling, trying to be a good green citizen, eating all the right stuff or so you think, and along I come and poop all over you and your PC ways. And I'm sorry. I'm really, really sorry. I know we all think we're doing the right thing, but so did those doctors who told pregnant women to smoke and take Valium or the auto executives who said Americans would never wear seatbelts or all those nut jobs who said we could land men on the moon. Now, as I close this very special advanced paralysis edition of the Let's Get Real class and lecture series, I guess what I'm trying to say is that we just don't know anything. And by we, I mean I. But I still know more than anyone else. Well, anyone else who won't totally bore you to tears. So you still need me and I need you. The fact that being human, the fact is that being human has kind of fucked us up. And now we're so busy texting and tweeting and Pinteresting that we can't even sort out reality from fiction. So that's why you need to keep listening to Let's Get Real. Because even if it's all going to hell, at least we can go to hell together laughing and feeling superior all the way down there. And that is indeed what it is all about. Knowing that you're better than everyone else. I'm here for you and here to help you feel that way. So no, you can't really eat your olive oil or your blueberries in peace again. But you can tell the people who are trying to eat them in peace how messed up they all are and then show them how superior you are. Like I do when I'm at Starbucks in line and people order soy milk. And I tell them how wrong they are. And that's what makes it all worthwhile. I mean, after all, what good is knowledge if you can't make other people feel inferior with it? And so now I'm happy to announce that you have all successfully passed the advanced paralysis section of this course. You can now submit those college applications. I would recommend going to a good state school because you'll need to start saving your money to buy real food. And you can use me as a reference too. I won't tell about everyone skipping the Wally essay if you don't tell about me eating the chicken hot dog. We'll see you next week on Let's Get Real. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening.